This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Welcome to the show, my friends. Today, we have with us a professional buyer. He is the VP of Purchasing and Construction for a very successful California-based real estate company. He's also a real estate construction professional. He's the host of an inspirational podcast called All In and a self-described self-connector. He's very passionate about bringing people together in mutually successful ways. That is Nate Pale, and Nate is here with us today. How's it going, Nate? Good, good. Thanks for having me on your show here. Man, it's a pleasure. So let's start with your super connector. And times like this, COVID-19, we're all away from each other. Is it harder for you than it is for anybody else? Um, harder to, to, to stay connected or harder in general? I'd say... Hard, I'd harder say, to stay away. <laughs> no, it, in a sense, this... Um, the COVID-19 has changed the way people connect and there's this been adoption of everybody getting on zoom with like so much more than just like, you know, if, if you're kind of been in the podcast space or this, you know, work from home space, a lot of people are already, Hey, we've already been connecting on zoom calls. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. But if you're used to going into the office every day and working with a few, you know, hundred people and all of a sudden you're working at home and you're doing zoom calls like this, this thing has shifted dramatically. So in a sense, it's like, hey, we don't. I don't get the happy hour calls. I don't get the the trade show events. I don't have these uh, mixers to go to where we'd all kind of like get together and, and reconnect. But at the same time, it's been super easy to get on a phone call with one or two or even you know twenty people and just kind of have your own. Um, get you know catch up a coffee, you know a happy hour. I did one. Um, Last Friday, we just had a cake. I was like, hey, a bunch of people in the startup space that I'm connected with were like, hey, don't let this like COVID thing slow you down. You still got to get in front of people. You still got to be talking to people like this isn't going to last forever. Like you can't just let your skills get rusty. So let's just get on a, on a, on a, a happy hour, a Zoom happy hour on a Friday afternoon and um, chit chat about what's going on and, and do some of the same things we've been doing. So I think in a sense, like, yeah, the interaction, the one-on-one personal connections are harder to have. But if you want to go and get, you know, on a phone call with somebody that you've just recently connected with on LinkedIn, it's super, super easy. And I think people are, at least for me, I'm like planning my time so much more rigidly. So it's like, okay, yeah, 11.15 on Tuesday, let's do it. And then like, you get on, you have a little conversation, and you're on to the next one. So for me, it's, it's different, but still been important to, to keep those connections fresh. Okay, so how about purchasing? That's that's what you do. You're a professional buyer. Uh, what exactly does a professional buyer do? Um, well, my my title is vice president of purchasing. So I kind of used it as like, you know, people are like professional sellers or professional this or that. It's just kind of like a play on words. Like, hey, I'm 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 a buyer, and I think my take on things is a little different than most buyers. A lot of buyers are on guard. They're a little bit hesitant to who they connect with because everybody's trying to sell somebody something. It's like, oh, I have to take a bunch of meetings with somebody and they want to be, you know, sleazy, selling, slime ball. People are coming to get me to do stuff and and I don't want to do it. So I avoid that. And I have this opinion of like, hey, 
I think you should have an open mind and you should be meeting with as many vendors that's in your industry as possible, even people with outside your industry, because the ideas that you're going to be exposed to could come from anywhere and you want to be up, you know, be aware of what's in the market, what's going on, what are trends, what are this or that. And sometimes, you know, the people you always are used to doing business, they might stumble. And if you don't have a relationship with other people, then you're not going to have somebody that you can, you can call on to help you out. So I have this, mantra like i try to take as many means with people as everybody because i believe as if your job is in purchasing as a buyer your job is to do the best job you can and purchase for your the company you're buying for so you need a a, a set of a toolbox you should you could call it of sources connections people you can reach out to to get you their answers and the bigger your toolbox is and the more tools you have in that tool chest the better you are going to be at doing your job so to me, I'm a big advocate of, of having networks and connections um, with as many people as you possibly can, especially on the buyer side, which yeah. is different than most people think because it's like the sellers are the ones that have to go out and do the networking and kiss babies and shake hands. It's like, <laughs> no, you're not, you're not doing a good enough job if you're sitting behind the desk, just just call, let, taking calls from whoever got your phone number. Exactly. Yeah, you know what? You mentioned how uh, uh, professional buyer is a play on words. And uh, it's funny enough, one of my kids once uh, we tested them to, to find out um, what they thought about us. Do you know my, my real name? Am I just daddy? Or do you know my name is Quinn, right? And that kind of stuff. And I asked my six-year-old, so what do I do? And she's like, you sell things online. Okay, um, <laughs> what, what does mommy do? Well, mommy buys things online. <laughs> so, that's, so I thought of that when you said it. Okay, so he, yeah, Nate's like my wife. He buys things. <laughs> yeah. So um, how about construction? Why construction? You, um, you have a background in construction or just it was coincidence? Uh, it was coincidence, but it's where, where I started off um, in junior high. I really liked um, drafting. I took some drafting classes in junior high, and I was always, you know, that kind of led to taking some like architecture classes in high school. And I wanted to be an architect when I was went to college. And uh, the first thing that you find out when you get uh, accepted into architect school is how competitive it is. They they think they like it, let in like 150 people into the school I went to um, for the first year and it's a six-year program and they graduate like 20. So you go, okay, the odds of, of you really making it are really slim. And then you have to reapply every, you go two years and then you, re- you reapply every year after that. So, so it, you know, you're constantly being weeded out. So I'm like, yeah, that's, that's really competitive. And then when you start taking some of the classes, like I realized, like I liked drafting, but I didn't, I wasn't very artistic. I didn't have the artistic style enough of like why this building represented this, why open space meant this. I was like, Ooh, this is, this is not what I thought being an architect was going to be. I could draw lines with the rulers good, but I couldn't, like, I just didn't, see myself being this visionary architect. So I pivoted really quickly into construction management, which had a lot of the same classes that, that follow along. And it still was like, yeah, this is actually what I liked was this part of it. So it kind of led me uh, down this path of getting plugged into the construction side of things. I was still around um, building houses, which I which I liked about the architecture side of things. I was like, oh, I, I'm still doing this, this thing I liked, um, but I was just on a different form of it. And then that kind of like, took me down this path of going from, um, you know, an entry level person in, in the residential construction industry to becoming, um, a buyer, um, 
and and that just led to more things and then before you know it you're like 20 years into it and it's it's basically all you know and that's how it goes <laughs> yeah so you uh you consider very important networking right so creating and and maintaining relationships so right now or even before this situation here how how do you go about staying in touch with the ones that you know the relationships that you develop sometimes it's the easy part staying in touch with them after is not so easy how do you go about that that's the hard thing to do i think is is staying connected with people you meet because all of a sudden you go hey i met somebody really cool at this event and like you make arrangements like, hey, we're going to grab a coffee or we're going to go get lunch sometime. And before you know it, it's been a year and a half and you haven't reconnected with them. Then you go, geez, now it's kind of awkward to go reach out to that person. So I'm just kind of like, an, an, like my opinion is if we, we're all, we all have good intentions. Hey, let's meet for a coffee. But you're going to get busy. I'm going to get busy. So if I wait for you to do it, nothing bad about you not doing it is you're just going to get busy. So I just try to make it my intent to like, Hey, I got to set up a follow up every three to four months. And I also use social media, like social media to help stay connected with people. And, and you kind of sounds weird to say it, but you want to connect, like you want to touch people in various degrees over the course of time. So you're staying current with them. So I don't, I don't, separate business and, and personal on my social media. So a lot of people I'm friends with on like Instagram or something like that, they're, they're people I work with. And so if they post something up, I'll try to like their story or make it a, um, a reaction to a, a post that they have. And it might not be, Hey, let's, let's chit chat about something, but it just kind of meant that it, it reminds them that of that you're there and, and you're reminded of them. And if it's been a while, like maybe I'll make a comment or something like that. And then that engages like a conversation or because I saw something, I'll, I'll send them a message and say, Hey, we haven't chatted in a while. Let's go grab coffee or what's new with you. So to me, it, the social media aspect of it helps to kind of keep people in front of your face. Like you, you're seeing them. And then that reminds me like, Hey, I haven't talked to that person in a while. Let's, let's get together and do something. Um, but you know, with the, the current COVID-19 stuff going on, a lot of times with people you reconnect with on a regular basis is because they're in your industry and there's like a networking event or something like every quarter, every month, and you see them consistently. So you don't really have to put in a lot of work. You just kind of, if I keep showing up at things, the people are going to rotate through, they're going to be there. I'm going to reconnect with them. But when you go to outside of your local industry and say you're meeting people nationally or you're trying to get involved with some other aspect of yourself that's a hobby like and you meet somebody randomly you do have to put in work and effort to keep those those relationships fresh and current and i i think it's just important to um touch in check in as much as you can and and have a conversation as often as you could yeah there there's uh two reasons why why i asked you that and one was uh really to know like how how do you actually do it and stay stay in contact with people because if if you're not seen you end up getting forgotten right and one of the other things is if we don't contact somebody for too long when we do reach out there's a good percentage that may think you want to meet for coffee for an MLM pitch yeah you ever had that yeah. happen <laughs> yeah yeah, you, that always happens. So it's like sometimes I even tell people, like, if I meet them and we're talking about something, I say, "Hey, I just want you to know my door is always open." The like, if we go and you forget to like stay in contact, and two years comes down the road and you have a question, and 
you need to reach out. Like the door's open. Don't feel like, oh, you haven't talked to me in two years now. It's weird that like you, we didn't connect. So it just happens. Life gets in the way. And, um, you know, and I also have kind of this opinion that people come into your life, they come and go. Some people are you know, a brief moment in your life and some people last a lot longer and they serve their purpose. So sometimes these people that you're really, really connected with for a short period of time, that's all that they meant to, to have in your life was to kind of give you this insight or this experience that you can take and share with the, the world. Um, so if they're meant to come back in and be a part of your life again, chances are it'll work out that it, you'll cross paths again. If not, you know, that's okay too, but. Yep. Yeah. So there's one of the guys out there that has, he had one of the biggest podcasts uh, that existed it was um, Jordan Arbinger. He has now a different podcast, which is the Jordan Arbinger Show. But it used to be the Heart of Charm. And he always said that one of the cool things when you meet somebody new is always treat that person that you just met as if you would have a relationship with them in the future. So treat mm-hmm. them as if you will see them again, not yeah. as if you will never see them again. So that that changes things. When you meet somebody... And you think about that because it happened to me. I'm like, okay, what if I will actually become friends with this person? So th- this moment right here is it becomes different, mm-hmm. right? The things that go through your head is just crazy. It's, our our it, human brains are. It really is. is. And, and the world's really small too. So like you never know, like you said, when you're getting to cross paths with that person again, especially like in, in my industry as a buyer, like if somebody comes up to me and you're like, ah, oh, this is a salesperson. I want to blow them off. Like a lot of times three years down the road, you might be working somewhere else. And that person you're blowing off is like your key vendor that you really need to have happen. And that's a relationship you really need to be strong. And if you're like, oh, that doesn't work out. Like we're, we're not getting along. Like all of a sudden that's a problem. So you never know when people are going to come back or when they're going to play a pivotal moment in your life. So you, you do definitely have to be be very upfront about that that everybody could be somebody you meet again and that's a good attitude to have yep so nate how does someone become invaluable how does somebody become invaluable i think there's two things like what can if if you if he said you know what makes you somebody that's valuable to your company and a lot of times it's like well i can do this process or i can do this thing but if if somebody else can easily come in and take your place the world's going to go on with if you leave the company so so what really sets you apart is two things your network of people that you you know and your um experience or education and both of those things take time to grow. Like you, you can't go out and learn 20 years of, of business experience in two days. You can't go out and meet 500 really, really tight, close connections in two days. You can go buy followers, you can go buy connections, but they're not going to be real deep con- personal connections that if you need something done, you can reach out to them. They'll take your call and they're going to help you solve your problems. So those two things, if you focus a lot on your education, you focus on your network, no matter what, they, that can't be taken away from you. Like you, you, you can't be, that can't be replaced by a robot or, or, you know, artificial intelligence or something like that. It's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. So if you focus on those two things um, above anything else, like that's really going to get you further in life than, than say so, so, some other skills people might put emphasis on. Yeah. Nate, how about this? So I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I just thought of this. If I took away your Instagram your LinkedIn and Facebook, any social media you had mm-hmm. and giving you account, brand new accounts 
with zero followers, zero connections, like what would you do to start your networking today with, with not from the, from zero? From zero, I would look at, and this this actually has happened uh, for me because because I I wanted to get involved in in startup culture, like in tech startup culture, and I didn't know anybody in that that area, and I didn't know like how to get plugged in. So for me, if you said, "Hey, you need to start your connections from scratch or your network from scratch," I'd go, "Okay, well, where do where do I want to go? What's my interest?" And okay, like let's say it's photography and I don't know anything about photography or anything like that. I don't know what's a good camera. I don't know how to photo anything. But I do know that if I go to places where um, photographers are, I'm more likely to learn a little bit about that. I'm more likely to connect to somebody that's going to know something about that. So then I start going, okay, what are, what are things uh, related to this place? What do these people hang out at? Do they hang out at uh, photography shops? I don't know if those exist anymore, but do they go on these forums? Do they go in these places? And I would just kind of start pushing myself in that general direction, knowing that eventually I'm going to meet somebody. And if I said, like, it's, like I said, Hey, I, I want to get involved in photography. And you told me like, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm an amateur photographer. We, we meet on uh, Starbucks on Sunday mornings. And we talk about like cool ways to set lighting. I'd be like, Oh, can I come and learn about that? And then somebody there tells me like, Oh, I'm in this other group over here and I like to buy these type of cameras. And then all of a sudden I start knowing two or three people. And then those two or three people start to introduce me to other couple people. And maybe there's like somebody recommends, Hey, here's a really good class, a good workshop to go to. And you go there and you meet the instructor and like all of a sudden you're just getting immersed in this culture from the people that you're connected to. So for me, it's just really about, Hey, be, be in, it's sort of like, Hey, right place, right time, figure out where those right places are going to be and kind of hang out and, um, and the, and the right time will show up. Very good. And when you want something, do you really go after that something that you want? Do you have the drive to go after it? I do. Um, you know, some things we want more than others, but you have to, you have to like, if the cause is more important than the thing, I think you're more likely to, to succeed in it. If you just say, Hey, I want like, this nice car, like times might get tough and you might not really chase it because it's just a car. It's just a thing. But if there's like something behind it, like, Hey, I'm really into Ferraris because I love Ferrari. I like the cars. I like going and looking at the cars. I like talking to people about Ferraris. I like this whole like community of people that are car enthusiasts around it. Then all of a sudden there's this cause that makes you want to, to, to continue to pursue it more. So, um, over time when things get tough, because if, you know, motivation doesn't always last, it gets fleeting. So it's, it's what's the cause behind it. What's going to make you get up and do the things you want to do, don't want to do every single day to chase that cause, or are you going to give up when the things get tough? So I think it's important if you want something, you have to think about like, really, what is it you want? Do you want the thing or do you want the vision, the cause behind it? Nice. Nate, what was like one of the biggest challenges you had to overcome in personal or business? Um, for me, it's usually getting out of my own way, um, has been a challenge for me. Um, I've, when I, when I created my podcast, I call it the all in podcast because I wanted to go all in on this idea of, Hey, in the past, every time you've wanted to do something bigger, you've gotten to this point where you had to step outside of your comfort zone. You had to do something like people might look at you funny. They're like, you're people are going to judge you like, Hey, why are you talking about this? Because it's like, I don't agree with you. So I'd pull myself back and I would just not really pursue it. So after kind of watching other people, like 
hey, we kind of started off doing something similar at the same time, but they stuck with it and I didn't. And then they've grown success. I'm like, hey, if I would have stuck with it, I might not have the same success as they did, but I would have been in a better position that if I wanted to do what I want to do today, I would have had a better base, a better platform for it. So I really got to just stop worrying about what other people think. Stop worrying about if it's if I'm good enough, if I'm an expert at this or enough. I just kind of put one foot in front of the other and just do it. And once I started having that epiphany, like, yeah, there's things that that you make me not feel good inside that I'm going to do. And, and, and then like, let's say you thinking like, Oh, I got to post something that's kind of personal on social media and you go, gosh, I've never done that before. What are people going to think? And then you post it and you feel rotten inside and you go, I'm going to delete this. And then you delete it and you go, Oh, thank God. So now I just put it up there and I try to like, just, you know, ignore it for a bit while it's up there and then, you know, return to it maybe a day or two later and go, Oh, look, you know, nobody freaked out. Nobody like said anything like really mean and hurtful. Like people actually supported it and you go, you know what? It, it, it really doesn't matter that much. Like it was really all in my head that was preventing me from doing these things. So, and then slowly those uncomfortable things become easier and easier to do. And you're, and you're pushing yourself a little bit further outside of your comfort zone. And it's taking you down this path of being able to be the best version of yourself possibly because you're not holding yourself back from being it because you're so worried about what other people think. Exactly. It's a little bit of the imposter syndrome that mm-hmm. everybody suffers a little bit from that. And uh, sometimes when you look at, out and see in social media, you see some people that shouldn't be saying things. And, and you, I used to think like, why doesn't he have the imposter syndrome? That's the guy mm-hmm. that should have it. <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, so it's, sometimes it's uh, hard. We, we are our biggest critics, right? And our minds, again, it's the human mind again that it plays tricks on us and we expect that, um, I don't know, it's it's a lot easier to be negative than to be positive, right? To be positive, it needs a little bit of training. So uh, talking about training, mm-hmm. uh, do you do anything to stay fit mentally and uh, physically? I know you work out all the time. Yeah, I so... Physically, what I try to do is I try to have this, and it's not my voice that came up with this. Um, Jocko Willink uh, had this podcast and he talked about what do you do on the days you don't feel like doing it? And it was like, well, those are the days you go and you do it anyways. And <laughs> once I kind of had like this epiphany of like, oh yeah, if you always wait till you feel good to go work out, you're not going to work out all the time because most days I don't feel like doing it. But I know if I just get out of bed and I get to the gym and I just go through the motions, chances are things will get kind of popping, things will start getting kicking and I'll be like, hey, that was a pretty good idea. I had a good workout and I did it in. So I try to go every day with this intent of like, hey, life's going to happen. Something's going to come up and you're not going to be able to go. So if you go, oh, if I plan on going every day, like when I overtrain, I go, no, because you know, some will happen. Like you, you'll, life will get in your way and you'll miss two or three days. But if you, if you plan on going every day, then when those things happen, you're, you're back on your cycle. But if you say, okay, I'm, I'm going to take the weekends off, I'm going to take, you know, every other day off. Well, if I go every other day and then something comes up on my on day, then now all of a sudden I'm off again. And then all of a sudden it's Three, four weeks before you've gone done it. And I think mentally you 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 take those things, those applications of you know, working out towards the things you need to do. So for me, it's like, hey, as long as I have a list of things I need to work on, they're moving the ball forward and I'm working on them every single day. Mentally, that's it's it's like, hey, you know, I don't feel like getting up and I don't feel like 
emailing somebody about, hey, you want to come on my podcast? Or sometimes you got a podcast schedule with somebody and you're busy and you're like, I got to take my time out of my day to go do this real quick. It, but if you just go and you go, I'm going to do the things I, I, I need to do to move the ball forward every single day, whether I want to or not, usually by the time you kind of get down, sit down, start hammering on a project, the, the creative juices start flowing you get it done. And, and and there's also days where things don't go as good and you just barely, you know, get much done and it's not your most productive days, but they all can't be winners. Um, but the, if you're, if you're doing the best you can every single day, uh, you're going to over the long term see more improvement than if you just kind of wait for the days that you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know what, there's one of the things that you said that it, it, it was perfect fit for me. For example, when it comes to podcasting is, you know, podcasting is just a hobby for me. It's not my main business, but because I have two podcasts in almost 500 episodes over the years, um, sometimes I have a guest that is, let's say from Australia or China that, for example, their time zone is not the same as mine. Mm-hmm. So let's say if somebody wants to have a podcast at four o'clock in the morning, my time, right? And I normally stay up, let's say, till one o'clock in the morning working on my own business. That means I'm going to sleep three hours before I wake up for a while. So, <laughs> but I mean, if you don't do it and if you let it go once, it's like, like some people that quit smoking and then they decide like, I'm just going to have one. Well, there's no such thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you have, if you fail once uh, at at something that you wanted, like, for example, you wanted a podcast. If you fail once, then you open up the gate for the next one and the next yeah. one. Just like that first cigarette, right? So so that's that's a good thing that you, you're able to control yourself like that. <laughs> I don't know if it's if I've succeeded. Um, and I think that's what's important to remember is if you go with the mindset of, like, I'm going to constantly keep progressing and when you have a setback you don't kind of go oh, i had a setback let's go off the deep end let's just re- regroup and restart back up and and right then not tomorrow not three days from now but like okay i missed this workout like well the rest of the day i'm not gonna eat crappy because i missed the workout we're just gonna mm-hmm. pick back back up where we left off and keep progressing so if you have a day where you you know that happens where you're like oh, i'm supposed to be on a podcast at eight and you get busy and also like, oh shit i missed <laughs> like don't let the rest of the week ruin it and, and give up on everything. Just, you know, just get back in the groove and, and re, re just kind of reprogress and, and, and make steps forward. So all in is, is your podcast and is it, um, is it weekly and you have guests or what is it all about? Um, the, the all in podcast is a weekly show right now. Um, and I bring on a guest usually to talk uh, about their life experiences and how, personal relationships have helped them grow with, with, with what they're working on. Mm-hmm. So some might be very, um, their take on networking. Some might be how they do it. Others might be just their authentic voice, which I think being authentic and having a different, like for me, if I, if I just put it out to the world that I'm just a professional buyer, then people just assume this, this thing about me. But if I share various aspects of my life, um, then there's some other areas of people relatable to. So if, if we're talking and, and you're, you're trying to sell me something and I'm trying to buy something like there's this little bit of, you know, a wall up that we can't 
bond. But if all of a sudden you go, hey, um, my kids play Little League and I coach their baseball team and I go, oh, you know, mine do too. And I coach Little League too. Like, what's your, what's, and like also need to start having this conversation that's relatable. Now it's like, oh, cool. We're kind of like friends. Like, yeah, let's talk about business. That, that makes sense. Like, let's work something out. But so that's why I believe everybody's story is unique um, to come on my show. And so it, I'm not really too focused on like, just tell me all how you network, but just tell me your story. And it shows a relatable side. So sometimes I bring people on that just have cool, interesting things I want to hear about, or I think they have a message that I relate to that I think more people would be interested in hearing. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. You know, uh, we talked off the air how um, I used to do uh, some buying before for a company in the oil industry. And there was one of the guys that used to come over every week and he used to come in into my office. And he was one of the vendors that I used to buy from. And every week he would come into my office and he would not speak a word about business. Not uh -huh. one thing. And it was like, what'd you do the weekend? Where did you go? Like we'd talk about cars, motorcycles. And then he would get up like, oh, I got to go, whatever. Got another appointment. I got to go see somebody else. I'm like, so you didn't try to sell me anything? He's like, no, no. If you need anything, you call me. And he would walk. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the guy that if I did need something, I mean, that's the guy that I would call. Yep. Because it becomes, you know, it becomes a friend and it becomes relatable, like you said, because I know uh, he is, he coached Little League and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's, he knows what he's doing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Nate, when, uh, when people want to hear your podcast and when they want to know more about you personally, where do they go to find you? Um, every uh, easiest way to connect with me is at natepeo.com. That's my website. It's got links to my social media. It's got links to my podcast and, um, that's, that's a center hub to, to get connected with me. There you go. And for those of you listening, I'll have all the, all the links in the show notes and Peo is just in case you don't know, it's just P E O Nate. I always wanted to have, uh, a name that I could three letters, three letters. <laughs> it was a dream for me. And I tried, you know, I actually mentioned it to my wife when I had kids. Like, I want to name the kids something so simple, like Bob, right? It's three <laughs> letters. They can, they can spell it backwards or whatever. And she's like, no, for one, it's a girl. And two is like, I don't want it. Like, <laughs> ah, you got four. You're pretty close. <laughs> Quinn, Quinn's close. There you go. So, Nate, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. It was a pleasure as well. Appreciate it being on your show. Thank you, sir. Thanks for subscribing to Fail Fast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit failfastpodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.